Hi, welcome to the Japan Travel Podcast. Japan Travel Podcast, hey, yo, koso. And best wishes for the upcoming holidays in Japan, 10 consecutive days if you just take two days off from work. I'm your host, Sébastien Duval, in Tokyo on the 22nd of April 2022, and this episode 4 is about the golden week that will start in exactly one week, and that comes back every year. From minute 8, our guest in Osaka, Brian Bayer, and I will recommend destinations for golden week trips. Some are places to love, unforgettable, unique, and barely known. But we'll start with a list of all public holidays, and from minute 5, Brian will provide background information about the Golden Week. For students, workers, and refugees who recently moved to Japan, please note that many shops and restaurants will close during the Golden Week. You'll still be able to find most things you need at convenience stores, which typically remain open, and you can expect fast food chains and family restaurants to welcome you too. Tokyo would normally be very quiet as many locals go spend time with their family in their hometown or travel around the country, but street surveys suggest that many residents will wait one more year as COVID remains in the news. From 2023, we can expect top tourist destinations to be more expensive and almost fully booked during the Golden Week, as usual. Today, we are with Brian from the USA. He has spent 10 plus years in Japan, visited at least 40 prefectures, and lived in places such as Nara, Niigata, Shizuoka, and Yamagata. So definitely, he knows a lot about Japan. Hey, Sebastian. Thanks for having me on. We have much to cover, so let's just jump in. What are all these holidays for? Here in Japan, we have 16 national holidays, and here they are in order. On January 1st, we have Ganjitsu, which is New Year's Day. On the second Monday in January, we have Seijin Nohi. On the 11th of February, we have Tenkoku Kinen Nohi, which is Founding of the Nation Day. On the 23rd of February, we have the birthday of our current emperor. That's called Eno Tanjobi. Ah, yes, our calendar changed in 2019 when Emperor Akihito's elder son, Naruhito, ascended the throne as Emperor number 126. What holiday comes next? On the vernal equinox in March, we have Shunbun Nohi, the holiday Showa Nohi, or the Showa Emperor's birthday, that's Emperor Hirohito, is on April 29th. On May 3rd, we have Kenpo Kinen Nohi, Constitution Memorial Day. On May 4th is Midori no Hi, or Greenery Day. And on May 5th, we have Kodomo no Hi, Children's Day. Together, those four holidays form the Golden Week period. On the third Monday in July, we have Umi no Hi, Ocean Day. The 11th of August is Yama no Hi, or Mountain Day. The third Monday in September is Keiro no Hi, or Respect for the Aged Day. The autumnal equinox in September is Shubun no Hi. The second Monday in October is Sportsu no Hi, that's Sports Day. And finally, in November, we have Bunka no Hi on the 3rd of November, Culture Day. And on the 23rd of November, Kinro Kansha no Hi, Gratitude for Labor Day. For listeners who don't speak Japanese, I think we need to say that no Hi at the end of every name is yes. because he means day and the no is a possessive so it's like day off and the word Correct. before is the word that's important so constitution day or something like this i did not want to interrupt but seijin no he would be coming of age day in english celebrating people becoming adults 
the age has been 20 years old until this month, but the Japanese law just changed and now it's 18 years old, which will lead to many more people in gorgeous kimono next year to catch up. Also worth mentioning, public holidays are moved to Mondays when they fall on Sundays. Brian, what do you think of special days that are not national public holidays? They still hold great cultural significance, like the bean throwing festival on February 3rd, Setsubun, and the Girls' Day Doll Festival on March 3rd, Hinamatsuri, but we'll talk about other events like those in future episodes. True. Maybe we can just say that Christmas is not celebrated in Japan, at least not the way people would imagine it. Today, we focus on Golden Week, the period of holidays including April 29 and May 3rd, 4th and 5th. Japanese companies may give days off or employees may take some to connect these days to weekends and have a very long rest. I can easily imagine how this would be called Golden, but apparently there is another reason. Golden Week got its name in the 1950s when a number of leisure industries, especially the movie industry, saw a much higher than usual amount of sales due to the concentration of holidays. And that led to one of the directors at the Daiei Film Company to call it Golden Week after the radio term Golden Time, which is the time when the number of listeners are at their highest and when they could also charge the most money to people who sponsored radio shows. Ah, that's interesting. One thing would be very interesting to know is how did each of these holidays come to be? I do know that, so let's start off with Showa no Hi. That is the birthday of Emperor Hirohito. That was the man who was the Emperor of Japan from 1926 straight through World War II and all the way up until 1989. So when Japan's new constitution came into effect, his birthday was already a holiday. But because of how long and significant his time on the throne was, when he passed away in 1989, they made the holiday first into Greenery Day because he really liked to go outside and be with nature and raise plants. And then in 2007, Greenery Day was moved to May 4th and that connected the Kenpo Kinen no Hi and Kodomo no Hi holidays. And April 29th was made into Showa no Hi. I believe that public holiday is controversial, notably introduced as a day of reflection about World War II rather than a day of celebration in itself. What's next? Next up is Kenpo Kinen no Hi, which is Constitution Memorial Day, or more simply Constitution Day, and it marks the day in 1948 when Japan's post-war constitution came into effect. And it's meant for people to reflect upon the importance of government in our lives, how it affects us, whether we're included, excluded, or whether we're indifferent to it. Next up, the aforementioned Greenery Day, which, as I said before, became established in 2007 to connect Kenpo Kinen no Hi and to mark Hirohito's love of the outdoors. And then Kodomo no Hi, Children's Day, which is based on a 7th century tradition known as Tango no Seku. That old holiday celebrated boys and their health and perseverance and strength, but today it just celebrates children and it's the reason that you'll see the Koinobori carp kites flying in the breezes everywhere and that's quite frankly my favorite holiday because of that. I really like how it looks like all over Japan and I never thought why we had that day, so I'm very happy you talked a bit about it. But these carps floating mm -hmm. in the wind, what do the colors mean, do you know? 
Yes, I do. So it was a tradition that began during the late Edo period, and it was begun by samurai families. The first carp, the black one, is called the magoi, and it represents the father of the household. The red one is the higoi, and that represents the mother of the household. And then you'll have a blue carp, which represents the firstborn child, whether it's a boy or a girl. And then you add additional carp streamers as you go down. I'm not sure that there's a requirement for what color comes which, but that's how it goes after that point. It's more like family day, right? <laughs> well, family day, I guess, but it's also children's day because you're happy that you've had your children and that your children are happy and healthy. Yeah. And it's the last day of the holidays. Japanese people don't take many holidays. So the Golden Week is a really good moment to spend time with the family, maybe going to see grandpa and grandma or just to go to some places with the kids. Absolutely. Okay. Now, where would you recommend people to travel to during the Golden Week based on the topic, the nice destinations with, I mean, May, you have a very nice weather, for example. We have fantastic weather in May, but based on Showa no He being an emperor's birthday, how about we get some travel advice from Japan's very first emperor, Jimu, and visit Ieshima Island chain off of uh, Hyogo Prefecture in the Seto Inland Sea. Legend states that when Jimu was traveling, he got caught up in a storm and pulled into a harbor there. And once the storm passed, he remarked that it was so quiet and beautiful that it feels like home. On Ieshima, you've got four very small islands, Nishijima, Tangajima, Bozejima, and the aforementioned Ieshima. And you can take some of the freshest seafood you've ever eaten. You can go sea canoeing or sea kayaking or take an island cruise and just enjoy being far and away outside of the city. How about you, Sebastian? What do you recommend? I've never been to this Ieshima Island, so I would try that someday. For Showa no Hi, I think there is one place people should know about, the National Showa Memorial Museum in Tokyo. Ooh, I've never been there. It's not super famous. I know it because I was working and studying nearby, but it's very easy access because it's close to the Imperial Palace, just a bit north. Mm -hmm. And also it's near the Nippon Budokan, which is very famous for martial arts competitions and concerts. The National Showa Memorial Museum is special because it includes exhibitions about the Showa period and you have like the inside of a home, uniforms, daily objects, food, money. But also it recognizes that the period was very difficult for Japanese people and for people abroad. For example, you can see gas masks. It wow. has a special, yeah, special feeling to it. It's very educational. And for people who can't read Japanese, there are English audio guides. And by the way, the floors are wheelchair friendly. I will check it out next time I'm in Tokyo. Please do. What about Constitution Day? We talked about government and you mentioned that the Showa Khan is close to the Imperial Palace. Yep. So why not visit both the Imperial Palace and Japan's present day government, Hokkaigi Jido, the Diet Building. They're right next to each other and at the Imperial Palace you have all of those moats and old castle turrets. And in the East Garden there's also the stone foundations of old Edo Castle. The Diet Building is a very good idea, and I know that the House of Representatives provides free tours in English for foreigners, and I believe a wheelchair-friendly route is available. 
However, the tours do not take place on weekends and public holidays. You know it was the tallest building in Japan when it was completed in 1936 all the way up until Tokyo Tower got built in 1964. I have no idea. It was the tallest building in Japan from 1936 to 1964. It doesn't look that tall. <laughs> it doesn't look that tall anymore, but it used to be the tallest. Okay, well, it's definitely losing to the Tokyo Skyprint now, right? Yeah. <laughs> the diet is basically just southwest of the Imperial Palace and the Showa Museum is just north. So you can just go half around the palace and, and go from one building to the other building. The gardens of the Imperial Palace are very nice. I've guided people quite a few times and it looks different every time. You have different flowers, butterflies, you have birds coming. It's pretty big too, so I would definitely recommend that. Let's get out of Tokyo and talk about where would you like to go for greenery day, Sebastian? Definitely, I would like to go to some national parks, uh, maybe a different one every year. For the first time, probably Yoshino Kumano National Park. Yeah. That's a beautiful area. Probably the place with the best trees, I think, to see the Kumano Kodo, the pilgrimage path. For people who come back the second time, maybe I would recommend Ashizuri Uwakai National mm. Park. I've done canyoning there. So you're inside the forest and you go up the rocks on the river. It's really, really nice. I and, love uh, canyoning. I've done it many times. We could probably talk about that in a future episode, maybe beating the heat in summertime. Yeah, yeah, no, that's probably something people should do at the end of their trip. So if they get hurt, <laughs> they don't break all their holidays. <laughs> But That's true. Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. One thing also I like about Ashizuri Uwakai is an underwater observation tower. You go from the beach, you get in the tower, you go down stairway, and mm -hmm. you can see the fishes free in the ocean. And there is really lots of stuff going on. It's very rich. What prefecture is that in? Ashizuri Uwakai is between Kochi and Ehime. But I think okay. the underwater tower is in Kochi area. Oh, wow. So it's on a border zone. That's actually a really cool thing to do. Yeah, you have many things to see around afterwards. Well, as you said, national parks. How about Nikko National Park in Tochigi to the north of Tokyo? And in particular, I recommend the hike from the Yuzu Notaki Waterfall all the way across the Senjogahara grassland to the town of Yumoto and its hot sulfur springs for a nice refreshing soak at the end of your hike you will be at over 1,400 meters in elevation by the time you finish and surrounded by mountains that are a further 1,000 meters above you. And you'll also be going through some quite beautiful forest and open grassland. You wouldn't be so shocked if somebody told you that they filmed The Lord of the Rings there because that's what it looks like, a fantastically beautiful area. Nice. Do you see animals too, like birds and monkeys? You might, if you're quiet enough. During the summertime, I just remember seeing all of these little butterflies sitting on the grass and lots of dragonflies as well. But I've heard of people seeing deer and monkeys and bears even. Well, I'm not sure I would want to meet a bear, honestly. <laughs> I don't run fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> if I see a bear, I hope he's 100 meters away or more. Yeah, for listeners, if you see monkeys, just be really careful because they're really dangerous. They have very sharp nails and they run after you. So be careful. Indeed. Okay. What's next? Children's Day, Kodomo no Hi. 
for families who are traveling with children or for the child in yourself, how about the Ghibli Museum in uh, Tokyo? Well, everybody knows that. It's not even yeah. fun to suggest it. <laughs> But there is a new one that's opening, right? That's right. It opens on the 1st of November, I believe. In Nagoya area? Yes. So it's halfway between Tokyo and Kyoto, basically. Yep, that's right. If you take the Nozomi bullet train, you'll get there quite quickly. It's only three stops. I think I would really like to try that one. So for listeners who are listening to this podcast now, just after we release it, it's too early for you. But for people who come after the borders reopen, I think you will enjoy the place. No big attraction or rides in Ghibli Park. It's really more like going on a stroll, feeling the wind, enjoying like some wonderful landscapes. Should be very, very different from Disneyland or USG in Osaka. Yeah. But the other option would be to go to uh, Edo Wonderland, which is also in Nikko. Yeah. A couple of friends of mine have actually been and say it's quite neat. A preserved or rebuilt Edo era village where you can get the feel of walking down the old Tokaido Road, coming into a Juku town, an in town, or going through samurai residences and other things. There's even a ninja village. So if you've got kids with you, they get to see what a samurai looks like or what a ninja looks like and maybe try on a couple of ninja costumes themselves. Yeah, I think it's good also because the parents can try different characters. It's not like having uh, just a simple kimono. It, you can have a costume of a policeman, a princess, a lord. And there are workshops good for kids too, like samurai with swords, ninja archery, and some jobs of Edo period started 400 years ago, right? The Edo period began in basically 1615 and continued all the way up until the Meiji period in 1868. Very, very different from what people can see in Japan now. Yes. And they have vegan food too. You just have to ask soba noodles if you're vegan or if you have some allergies or whatever. Well, that's good. Any other things we could do? Well, how about uh, one of the many festivals? For example? There's the Hamamatsu Festival. It has dancing in the streets and a night parade where they pull yatais through the street from the 3rd of May to the 5th of May. And throughout Golden Week, they also have a kite flying festival on the beach at Nakatajima Sand Dunes. Oh, that's nice. Have you been there? I have. I used to live in Hamamatsu, so my first Golden League was spent there watching them launch the kites or actually try because the wind wasn't very strong that year. So they had a bit of a hard time, but it was still really cool when they did finally get these huge two meter, three meter square kites up in the air. So basically, we are moving from city to city to see all the festivals and special things, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one thing you can do. Well, also, if you've missed the Sakura down in Tokyo because you got to Japan in May, don't get upset. Go north. Hirosaki City in Aomori Prefecture, they have their Sakura Festival during Golden Week. They also have one of the 12 original castles left in Japan up there. Well, that's nice. In Tokyo, we are already on very hot days and it's April, right? TV was saying we have summer days now. 25 degrees, 28 degrees, a bit depending on places. Yeah, we've got the same heat here in Osaka. But definitely in Hirosaki, the temperature will be down. Much cooler, much cooler, because you'll be much further north. Okay. Any other thing you would recommend? Two more things. 
First off, one more festival. Remember I talked about the Koinobori earlier? Yep. There is a festival in Gunma Prefecture. It's called the Tatebayashi Koinobori no Sato. And that is the largest display of Koinobori in the world. They have 5,000 of them hanging over a river, wriggling in the breeze. I definitely saw something like this on Instagram or Facebook. Very colorful, very beautiful. And one more thing, have yourself some Kashiwa mochi to celebrate Golden Week and especially Children's Day. That's a uh, rice cake stuffed with red bean paste and then wrapped in a Kashiwa oak tree leaf. So why do you recommend it for that specific day? Well, it's part of that Children's Day tradition. They are wrapped in the oak tree leaf because the Japanese oak trees do not shed their leaves until they have new leaves coming in. So they're always full of life and you want your children and your family to always be full of life. And having that uh, Kashiwa mochi is a symbol of holding that for yourself and for your family. I see. Oh, that makes sense. Japanese people are doing everything based on nature anyway, so no big surprise, but I didn't know that. Thanks. You're very welcome, Sebastian. So, Brian, what about you? What are you going to do during the Golden Week? Are you going to one of these destinations? Uh, I'm not going to go extremely far this year, but uh, I'm actually going to visit a friend down in Wakayama Prefecture. He lives in the town of Shirahama, and I think we will go to the white sand beach there and to the Half Moon Arch Island. And you mentioned that underwater observatory in Shikoku earlier. There's something like that in Wakayama, and we'll probably go see that as well. Yes. How about you? I have a plan to go to Niigata. I have a reservation oh. at the Shukubo. You know what a Shukubo is, right? Yes, you're going to do a temple stay. After that, I plan to go by electric car to Miyoko to see some people. It should be relaxing. Enjoy it. I used to live in Niigata. While you're there, make sure you get out and have some sushi because until I'm shown better, the best sushi I've had in Japan. I have some plans to get some vegan gyoza. <laughs> so ah. it's not really the same. But there is definitely some local food I need to try. At least I can recommend to people afterwards. The soba buckwheat noodles because that's just buckwheat flour and water if I'm not entirely mistaken. Yeah, but... Soba is famous everywhere in Japan. <laughs> it's like rice. So it's kind of <laughs> That's cheesy. true. Okay. Well, I wish you a very good golden week. And I hope we talk again soon. Yes, indeed. Thanks very much, Sebastian. I hope everybody who's listening found it useful and interesting. Thanks, Brian. I'm sure it's going to be useful over the years. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe now to be notified about future episodes. And please leave reviews on your favorite platform. In episode 5, I'll interview Brian who will tell us more about his trips in Japan, including activities such as paragliding, canyoning, and bungee jumping. If you have any questions for him, please email them at podcast at japantravel.com. Thank you for listening, thanks for helping, and sweet dreams of Japan! <laughs>